Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to Popcorn where we tell you what's happening at the movies and there's a movie you need to see right now. Well, not right now. You could listen to us first for a few minutes and <laughs> then go see Emma, which is Jane Austen and which stars my guest today, Anya Taylor-Joy. So, Hello. Anya, welcome. Thank you welcome. very much for having me. Oh, it's great. You know, when I was an English major in school and we studied Jane Austen, uh -huh. those of us that loved her, we called ourselves Janeites. We really thought, wow, she just knows what's going on. Yeah. But Jane Austen herself said about Emma, maybe I'm the only one that actually is going to like her. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that didn't scare you, did it? No, it was the reason I wanted to do, do the role. <laughs> yeah, no, good. I sat down with Autumn, a director, and I just said, there's this quote, you know, from Jane Austen about Emma, and I only want to do this role if I'm allowed to really stick to that because... There had been this thing about female characters being made very likable and very easy to like. And the thing that I found most delicious about Emma was I wanted the audience in watching her journey have moments where they wanted to leap into the screen and shake her because she's being such a brat and, you know, roll their eyes at her doing something arrogant and, and misled. But also when you finally get to her redemption and when she starts learning that people are not toys. I wanted them to really feel something for her because no human being is black or white. They're all these different shades of gray and uh, that's, that's what I wanted for my Emma. Well, when you said that, I started to feel all these different shades. You know, I was feeling good. It's good to have different shades. <laughs> well, a lot of times, and it, mostly it happens from television, you're basically told that somebody's good or bad. Yeah. And when we first meet Emma, we see her as this matchmaker, manipulator. My friends should only be with people I think are suitable for mm -hmm. her. When you read this, because this interpretation is as Jane Austen wrote it, it's set in the 1810, I guess, or 1815. And yet, what does it say to a modern audience right now? I think Jane Austen is a brilliant satirist and she has created in, in her dissection of this small town a situation which very easily lends itself to a high school, a working office. That's why Clueless was so successful. Mm -hmm. And something that I really love is people are people, no matter where you go and no matter what century you're in. The rules change, but the human heart and the human emotions, they stay the same. And so in our version of Emma, we wanted to show everybody that these are flesh and blood human beings that are hot messes 99% of the time. And despite the fact that they're all corseted and looking beautiful and have, you know, their little reticules and stuff, they're still really upset that they didn't tell the guy that they liked at the end of the ball that they liked them. And now it's all going to get messed up. And my friend likes, her. oh, my goodness, oh, drama. Like, that's happening now. It will never really go out of style. <laughs> so it's, it is the same in many ways, except for the wardrobes. Yes. I mean, I think it's, and the rules. There are very specific rules, and it was important for us to adhere to them very strictly so that whenever we did deviate from the rules, it was a moment. So, for instance, you just didn't really touch people back then. Like, sometimes you held hands like that, but it wasn't really a, a done thing. And so when you have a ball scene between Emma and Mr. Knightley and their hands squeeze that second longer, you're like, oh, my God. 
No, someone that can, just happened. Oh, no. Someone can open a window in Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. And it's revolutionary yeah. what's happened in terms of those little gestures. Mm-hmm. And it was strange, too, because talk a little about your director and writer in this um, movie. They're, women are kind of the prime movers behind this version of Emma. Yes, absolutely. And you could really feel that on set. Eleanor Casson, who adapted the screenplay, who's Mm -hmm. just so funny and so wonderful because there were moments that we were playing one of the scenes and something didn't quite work out and we wanted to ad-lib, but then she would be the ad-lib translator in Austin, if that makes sense. So you'd run (laughs) up to Eleanor and be like, I want to say this. And she'd go, okay, and much like that's the Austin speech of it. And Austin was just, she was so into everything that we were doing and she's a real romantic at heart and so all of these scenes if you'd done a really good scene Orson would be crying like sheer joy tears would be coming down her face and that as an actor is a wonderful thing to witness because you're like I did a good job yeah that was good but for for Autumn you're direct that's the first time that she mm-hmm. directed a feature film a photographer video director yeah what was was that like did you feel comfortable Oh, completely. I've worked with a lot of first-time filmmakers, and I never approach them any differently to, say, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, who's made so many different Mm -hmm. films, because each person is unique and has their own unique way of working. Something I did really love about Awesome, though, is I think a great skill you can have as a director is not being afraid to say, I don't know, Mm -hmm. and allowing the group of people that you've, you know, collated to come together and help fix the problem. And Awesome's brilliant at that because she'd have this whole big, great sweeping idea and then scheduling wise, she'd turn to me and go, what do I do? I, I don't know what to do in this situation. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I do know what to do. And then we could, you know, we could problem solve together. I mm-hmm. think a lack of ego in that aspect is a really wonderful thing for a director to have. Yeah, because you could take the opposite tact of that and say, yeah. I, do what I said, exactly. even though I don't know what I'm actually exactly. doing now. But you, I think I'm trying to think. The first thing I saw you in was The Witch, which was this amazing movie. Thank you. And again, for Robert Eggers, it's the it's a first time. But what's going on in that movie? It's so beautiful. And it's <laughs> black in, in the way. It, well, Black Philip the Goat, uh-huh. you know, and the looks that you're doing. How have you changed now in all these years? What is it, three or four? <laughs> Five. This five is my year, fifth year of five making Five years movies, of doing yeah. it. What were you like that first day on the set of The Witch as opposed to how you are now when you're doing Emma? Not that much has changed in terms of childlike wonderment. I love making films and I love I being around people who make films. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I'm not in front of the camera, I'm like hanging out with the sound guys going, how are you doing this? And what does this button do? And oh, can I push the dolly on this next uh, shot or something like that? I still get really excited about it. Um, It's my Disneyland, you know, I just, it's where I want to be. I'm better at understanding how taxing the work is, and especially last year I made Emma, I had a day off, I made Edgar Wright's movie, I had a day off, and then I did a limited series for Netflix. And that finished December 23rd. What are you, in five minutes, you're starting something else? Uh, in March, yeah, in March, starting March. something else in March. <laughs> That's it. But I, I've learned how to not pace myself, because I'm not exactly pacing myself, but I've learned how to take care of my own inner environment in a different way. Because if you're consistently just hemorrhaging out emotions for people and 
and building all of these worlds, there has to be some things that you take with you from each project in order to make sure that you yourself are safe. Well, what can you take? Books. I read a lot. <laughs> Books, Books, handles. I spend as much time with animals as I possibly can. I love my friends. Not Black Phillip. I wanted Black Phillip. Um, I don't want to know where he is right now. I've been a vegetarian since I was eight, so okay, I know that so I'm definitely... It's just none of this. I haven't ingested him, so that makes me feel good. <laughs> but, um, but no, if I, if I could have a pet that I could travel around with, I would love that. But um, spending lots of time in my own head, writing music, writing poetry, just feeding myself or feasting on art, that, that gets me going. I don't know when you have the time to do all that, given the movie <laughs> that you're doing, because a lot of times you're living with that character. And you don't want to get out of that character's head. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, so I always used to read a lot. And then when I first started acting, I found it hard to read. And then in this last year, because I was jumping from Emma's head to my character's Sandy's head and inhabiting all of these different worlds, reading a book was actually the only way that I could get people to not touch me or to be in my space. Mm -hmm. And I had my own little world. Oh, that's the trick. Yes. Yeah, I had my own little world with my characters where I could take a break as the other character. Does that make any sense I at think all? It do does. I, sound I would try. No, okay, I think, well, it's a little insane, but <laughs> that's how we need that in life, don't we? We have to have that to do it. And <clears throat> you were mentioning before about being eight years old and not doing one thing, but your background is really interesting and unique. It's complicated. Because, right, well, <laughs> right, yeah. You're... Like, raised in Argentina, mm -hmm. born in Miami. Yes. Moved to Argentina. Yes. Then go to London. Yes. But before you got to London, you didn't speak any English. No. So <laughs> oh, explain that. My I parents had me in the States because my youngest two siblings, as in the ones closest to me, they were born in the States and they didn't want me to not have the passport because that would have been traveling with six kids and one of them having a different passport was mm -hmm. just like a nightmare. Yeah. So they didn't want to do that. But pretty much instantly after I was born, I went over to Argentina where I spoke Castellano for mm -hmm. the whole of my life. <laughs> and then we moved over to England when the political situation got quite frightening. And then I refused to learn English because I wanted to go home. <laughs> and in my six, seven-year-old brain, I was like, if I can't speak the same language as these people. My, pe like, my parents are definitely going to take me home. Um, so that didn't work out, and I was very lonely. Uh, so I learned English. Yeah, so that was it. I needed, no one was talking to you. I needed to make friends. Them. So I, I started, um, I actually learned to speak English by reading the Harry Potter books. So now you're in London. Yes. Where, where does it come to you that you say, you know what, Anya, which is also a Russian name, by the way. Yeah. So... So in this sort but I do, of... But I do want to clarify. I, so in America, people find it very hard to say my name. It's Anya. Anya. Anya, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd say like aneurysm. I'm trying to find a nicer aneurysm. word. Aneurysm. So yeah. that it's not Anya. It's, it's not Anya. It's not Anya. Yeah, no. It's Anya. Everybody at home, there will be a quiz I've after been this. So, I've been so anxious about correcting people, and eventually I'm like, that's not my name. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to respond to you unless I'm... Anya. Anya. Yeah. Perfect. Yes, yes. So Anya will be, for me, forever. That's Thank the way, you. That's the way it's going to be. Thank you. But what happens? I had, did you started acting or did you start with modeling? What was the first thing you did? I can't ever remember performing being something that I became aware of. I was just always doing it. 
And then when I started watching, <laughs> okay. no, genuinely. Yeah. And when I started watching like 90s kids classics that had animals in them, I was like, I want to be the kid that rides the whale. Like, that's a job, and I want that job. job. Like, this is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Where uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jumanji, I just I wanted to be part of all of those adventures. And then I got scouted for modeling, which was never something I thought I could do, but I did think it was an in to acting. And then on a photo shoot, I recited some poetry to an actor. He put me in touch with his agent, and then I got the witch. See, that's all you need to do, people, is recite some poetry. Just it's, some, no, I had, <laughs> I had read somewhere, which is probably apocryphal, and maybe it didn't happen, but that you felt when you were discovered to be a model that you were being stalked by the person. Yeah. That did, why? It was terrifying. I was wearing high heels. Um, I had a party the next day, and I'd never worn heels before. And so I was wearing my mom's high heels, and I was walking with my dog, and this car kept sort of edging around me, and I would pick up my pace, and the car would pick up pace. So eventually I picked up my dog and I just legged it because I was terrified. And this guy stuck his head out the window and went, if you stop, you won't regret it. And I, oh, like an boy. idiot, stopped. I have no idea. Like, if anybody were to tell me that scenario, I'm like, no, keep running. Like, that's what you do. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was it was the head of uh, Storm Model Management, Sarah Dukas. And she was like... <laughs> A, never stop again, and B, come in to see me at the agency tomorrow because we think you have a future with us. A, never stop again, but B... But this is a good piece. This is uh, a good one to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good thing to say that if anybody is being followed by a car, please don't stop running because I'm definitely, I'm definitely the anomaly in this situation. Yes, that everybody else run. Because yeah, run. The way that was put, you won't regret it. You won't regret <laughs> it, I know, but I didn't, so... Wow, that, that takes me back, you know, to your M. Night Shyamalan um, <laughs> movies where you could wind up captive by a psycho. Mm -hmm. like, not James McAvoy, he isn't a He's psycho. A He's man. a lovely man. He's yeah. a lovely man. So you do the stopping and you get this job. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. And honestly, going back to sort of my transient upbringing and the way that I still am transient, you know, I'm pretty nomadic, but... The first day that I stepped onto the set of The Witch was the first day I ever really felt like I belonged anywhere. Like, I just felt this feeling of, oh, I'm here. I'm where I'm supposed to be. And the people around me were all speaking the same language and were interested in the same stuff that I was into. And I just, I grew my first family there. And we're going to make a movie together again uh, starting in March. And I just can't wait to go home. I heard about that. That's going to be Nosferatu? No, this is The Northman. Oh, The Northman. Well, what's happening with uh, Nosferatu? Is it not happening? We have another movie to make first. First. <laughs> so this vacation I keep seeing for you is never going to happen. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm, yeah, I keep, there are random moments where I'm just like, I need a break. And then I'm just like, Anya, you're doing everything you've ever wanted to do. Just get an extra night's sleep and wake up and keep going. How does your family relate to what you're doing? Are they all happy for you? They're all very proud. Even though they proud. never see you? Um, <laughs> all of my siblings have no idea what I do. Yeah. They're all just yeah. like, oh, you're, okay. Did you have fun? Cool. <laughs> and then just sort of walk away. But my parents are, are very, very proud of me. Well, they should be. Look at all this that's happening. Thanks. You know? And you did a movie that I totally loved called Thoroughbreds. Thank you. <clears throat> well, it was really amazing. <laughs> and it's a, you and Olivia Cook, 
she she seemed more disturbed initially, and then, <laughs> and then <clears throat> as we go along, we see you not being afraid at all of yeah. playing somebody who might have some peculiar um, abilities. But this is this is what I find very interesting between characters like Lily and Emma. Because my way into the character is so different for each of them, when I was playing Lily, I defended her every single day yeah. on set. Mm -hmm. So members of the crew would come up to me and go, oh, Lily's such a bad person. And I would react as if they told me that they hated my sister or something. I was just like, you can't speak about her that way. You have no idea where she's coming from. She's going through a really hard time, blah, 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 blah. And then the movie ended, and it was almost like this veil was lifted from over my eyes. And I was like... I've been playing a psychopath for like a month and a half. Kind of. Oh, that was toxic. <laughs> like I couldn't keep any of her jewelry. I had to take it all off. But at the time, I had to defend her. And with Emma, we were both so, I was so close to her initially. But that didn't mean that there weren't days that I showed up on set. And I was like, I really don't like Emma today. Emma's mm -hmm. behaving terribly. She's being a brat. And She's I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to be doing this right now, but it helped in the scene, I guess. <laughs> all right, so look at all this stuff that you're doing. And we, there, you have an X-Men. You have new mutants coming out. Yep. I've been waiting for that since Francis Coppola was doing Apocalypse Now. Where has this movie been? It's been sitting on I a don't shelf know. somewhere. Honestly, I know as much as everybody else does right now. All I know is that it, it's apparently coming out now. So... We will apparently see, see it, it in cinemas in April. <laughs> that's that's You'll what see I'm it hearing. Too, then maybe that would yeah. be such a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have questions from social media. Oh my goodness. Look at this. Can I eat I'm a thing of popcorn? You is, can is, eat this, that is this, while is this I edible do popcorn? It is edible popcorn. Cool. There's just no butter on it. It's still delicious. That's Thank it. You. It's it. So we feel like we're at the movies, don't we? <laughs> It says here from Greg D, you've acted in quite a few horror slash thrillers such as The Witch, Thoroughbreds. Well, I don't know if I call that so horror, but it does have weird behavior in it. Split, and now The New Mutants. What draws you to that type of genre? It's not being specifically drawn to a genre. It was being drawn to those people. Like, I heard Thomason the second that I first read her on the page. I heard her voice, and I was like, oh, I think I might be the right person to tell this story. In terms of Thoroughbreds, it was the script alone. I fell so in love with how acerbic it was and how they were consistently usurping each other through language, and I'd never done another film that had a young female lead opposite me. Mm. And I wanted to play with that, and I wanted to see what would come out of that. But no, it's just, um, it's just the characters, really. That being said, it is really fun to be able to go to that depth of, like, and come out of that, yeah. It's a guttural, like, growl place. Yeah, I see it, you know. I see that it's... Are you frightened of me right now? Not at all. You're pushing back Just a little. I'm just moving back in the seat just in case. I just have these flashes of you doing certain things in certain movies where I get like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? All right, one more question here from Ben Kirkham, and it says, if you could have any book, oh, this is good, made into a movie, and have you star in it, which would you choose? Ooh, any book. Thank you, Ben. I'm going to have to think about this one. 
Okay, we have all the time in the world. Yeah, yes, call, just call, do me, it. call okay. me in three days. <laughs> yeah, Any what book. Is Damn. Any book. All the Harry Potters have been made. I know. <laughs> no, and there's a book I'm thinking about producing, so I'm not going to say that one. No, of because course that's, you won't. Because I would find out something, yeah. It's, I it's, don't know. Um, I think it could be fun to do... So, for instance, uh, the Hans Christian Andersen version of The Little Mermaid, the really, the really, really dark, dark version of it. I would love no, to do that. No, I'm getting a real clue about you now. I, right? You're going to that dark place. No, it's just so beautiful. It like, is. I find, uh, I write a lot of poetry, and the poetry that speaks to me the most is the juxtaposition between such a beautiful image and then something deeply carnal and and primal underneath it and you know in that book every step that she takes on land is be is like being um cut by a thousand knives and that's how much she loves him she dances along the shore uh having her feet she bleeding does. she does i always wanted so to i'd want to do that <laughs> well of course you do you know why not and this is the first time you've been on this show so you do not know that we end in song Oh, my goodness. So there's something. Well, you sing all the time. You sing okay, Emma. what are we going to sing? I don't know what we're going to do. I think it's up to you to give me a little bit. It doesn't have to be a start to finish anything, but a song that's in your heart. Oh, okay. You have, no, you have no tips? You have no nothing? No, because that would be wrong. I would be leading you. That would be horrible in a director, wouldn't it? You know, okay. Do it this way, because that's how I want it. Okay, I'll give you a tiny bit. Okay. Right. <clears throat> You should be stronger than me. Can you give me clicks? Clicks, I'll give you the you clicks. You should be, a, wait, you've been here seven years longer than me. Don't you know you're supposed to be the man? Not veiled in comparison to who you think I am. You always want to talk it through. I don't care. I always have to comfort you when I'm there. But that's what I need you to do, stroke my head. Beautiful, beautiful. And while you were doing that, I flashed onto that Skrillex video you did <laughs> about red lips always lie. <laughs> and you weren't lying at all. Look at that. Thank Look you. Look at you. Thank you so much, Annie. Pleasure. Great to talk to you. We did it. Yes. Yes.